Welcome to Two Girls Who Read, a podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Lily. And this is the podcast where we discuss anything and everything book-related. Today's topic is reading the worst Goodreads reviews about our favourite books. Also, some of our not-favourite books because <laughs> we love the comedic drama. relief. Um, comedic so... relief. We might agree with some of these. Yeah. So, just to, like start out there'll probably be some spoilers for the specific books we're talking about um because you know there can be spoilers in book reviews and stuff um we'll try to keep the spoilers to like a very minimum like try to do minor spoilers and stuff however we'll we'll do like a we'll like tell you what book we're going to talk about before we start so if you haven't read it maybe just skip a few seconds ahead but we're going to be talking about pretty popular books so you should know at we least. try yeah. yeah we tried to keep it like pretty Book talks like most popular books. Like we try to yeah. keep it pretty good. So, but if you haven't, then just skip ahead. Maybe like thirty seconds and it should be good. Oh, not thirty seconds. Maybe like a couple uh, minutes. Actually, I was gonna so. say. I was like, how fast can you read? Some these good reader, these good reads reviewers, they go into depth. So we're gonna they do. Need they're some literally time. like essays. <laughs> I always wonder like how people like good reads bad review writers and Wattpad fan fiction writers give you the same energy. <laughs> Like, no, don't do Wattpad fanfiction. Do not do Wattpad fanfiction writers like that. I have read some good Wattpad fanfiction back no, in the day. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> they're great. But it's more just like the work ethic where I'm just like, oh, the work literally ethic. get nothing from this, but you put so much effort into it. And I just like respect it. Honestly, I have to respect it. Like, respect, respect where the respect hustle. is due. Yeah, exactly. Respect the hustle. And so, yeah, but this is going to be fun. We've got some of our um, most, like, popular... I wouldn't say they're our favourite reads, but just that some of our most popular reads. And, yeah, yeah, we'll just get straight into it. So I feel like uh, we'll start off with Akatar. Just get that out of the way, I think, Get it out of the way. I'm really coming around to the side of TikTok that's just absolutely roasting Akatar at the moment. And honestly, I'm it's kind of a vibe. Yeah, because it's just like the toxic characters, the shitty, the shitty plot. That what you know, it's kind of not deserves to be roasted. But there are some things where I'm like, Sarah, you're practically asking for it. Like, come on. Oh, for sure, there is. I mean, I can't lie and say that it's not a very entrancing story because it definitely is. Like when I read it for like the first time, I was just like in trance. I thought it was amazing. And so I'm not saying that it's not, it doesn't have good elements, because obviously if it didn't, it wouldn't be successful, but it definitely has a lot of weak links, and we're going to be exposing those weak links today. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to be holding back. Okay, so the first bad review that's really getting my attention is, imagine mm-hmm. being this het, sick emoji, like five sick emojis, being mm-hmm. this heteroset, oh. more sick emojis. Can't even say it. And honestly, I have to agree. Imagine being that heterosexual. Like, I can't even say it. Like, oh gosh. And then the next we have, like, is an essay. And this one has a lot, the most likes in the bad review section. So, it, here okay. we go. Me to Sarah J. Mass. Do you lie awake at night to come up with all your witty replies for the following day? <laughs> oh dear, this is awful. The writing. The title of this book is stupid. It's stupid and flashy and unrelated to the actual content of the book. It's solely for the wow factor. 
The quotable line, I love you, thorns and all, is wholly ineffective because thorns had not been established as a motive and was only used for that context in that very scene, more than halfway through the book. The word thorn was only used a grand total of nine times in this book. The original Beauty and the Beastery had established rose motives. You can't borrow good writing, even for a retelling. That's just lazy. Okay, so let's discuss how she counted the amount of times that thorns was in the book. Imagine reading that and being like, oh, there it is. Let me just tab that real quick. It's just the effort, honestly. Like, I mean. Yeah, and then it keeps going. The writing itself was inconsistent and poorly done. I pushed and pulled, but the mud was too slick and held fast. Are you aware of the definition of slick, Sarah J. Mass? I do not (laughs) think it means what you think it means. It's the thing about Goodreads reviewers that give a bad review, they always point out the littlest things. <laughs> what? No, How do you even notice? You perfectly said that. You perfectly set this up because the next line, I kid you not, is besides that, Amarantha's hair drastically changed colour after about 90 <laughs> pages. <laughs> I'm glad someone was keeping track. But in her defense, it is kind of interesting because she said that she wrote that Amaretha had her red gold hair and the 90 pages later, her black hair. Did they have hair dye under the mountain? She had a little bit of like a queer eye transformation halfway through like her appearance, apparently. Bit of like a redo. Anyway, oh gosh. The atmosphere and the opening character were excellent and I was intrigued by the idea that was offered to me, but the actual book did not deliver at all. This next point is a spoiler, but because I am disgusted with Sarah J Mass for including this, I'm not going to mark it as such, since everyone should know what kind of morals this book is supporting because after they read it, wait, before they read it, especially when they're as filthy and vulgar as this was, okay. Well, Um, I mean, I must say, we were just talking about how Akatar has so many flaws, and I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. However, that's a bit much, you know? I'm like, with all the things that were wrong with that book, this is what you choose to point out, you know? Mm. I will <laughs> give this review a defense, though she does go into how, like, trigger warning, she does go into the attempted rape scene by Tamlin, so I do think that oh, is a fair thing. That's fair. Say. For yes, sure. That is No, very, definitely very fair. some some things were fair, but you know, it was I don't the hair color, you know, you know, that's a bit silly. I mean, I respect the effort. I love how she opened with the hair color before like the rape. She, uh, yeah, was, like, she was like things wrong with this book. The hair color, <laughs> then the rape. Like the hierarchy <laughs> is all in the water. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, okay, I I But I mean I understand if you don't like Akatar, there's so many things wrong with it, and, you know, I really can't be mad if you dislike Akatar. I mean, it was one of the first fantasy series I ever read, and so, of course, it seemed like it was just, like, God's tear when I read it, but now that I've actually read more than four books in my life, I've realized, no, it's not that good. No, definitely not, and... (laughs) It's really interesting because I think it's really interesting watching authors like Leigh Bardugo who push diversity in the YA genre after finding success by uh, creating stories with like generally straight white male-led journeys Mm -hmm. and Sarah J Mass, she like 
did the same, but instead of like doing what Lee Bardugo did, where after getting criticism for that, she made Six of Crows, arguably one of the most diverse uh, books on the YA shelves. Uh, Sarah J. Mass made Akata, which is has worse worst representation than Throne of Glass, which is the most Caucasian thing I've ever seen. Like, um, her books so, just like there's so yeah. many characters. I just feel like statistically they should not be white. Like you're playing statistics here. So, like literally, like you're literally you're going <laughs> literally, out, though, you're going out of the way of like stats to like not have diversity and you're like okay well because i want to look it up like what percentage what percentage (laughs) we're doing math we're doing math here oh the world (laughs) is black oh colored no we won't because we won't just do black colored okay these are not the earth has Okay, demographics of the world. This is not a legitimate statistic. It's, uh, oh, maybe it is. Americanprogress.org. So this is just for America. Um, America, white will make up in America about 49.7% of the population, followed by Latinos as 25%, African Americans at 12.7%, and Asians at 7.9%. 3.7% of the population will identify as multiracial. So we're looking at statistics here, just for America. Hmm. And America's a fairly, you know, I, I don't know how, I don't think they pride themselves on being multicultural. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> it just statistically doesn't make sense how many white people are in her books. Um, it yeah, just doesn't. I agree. It just doesn't. Anyways... <sighs> Okay, moving on to the next the next one that I'm going to do. So I have the review up for Lady Midnight, which is the first book in the Dark Artifices series and arguably, well, my favorite one. Anyway, um, and then this review is like the top one that comes up when you go to like one star. So it's, it's pretty entertaining in my opinion because it's like what I said with like the Akatar one. Like the things of all the things they're choosing to point out because Cassandra Clare is far from an unproblematic author. She's got so many things wrong with these books. But I love that this is what they decide to point out. Literally, reason number one. The simple matter of mathematics. The population of, of L.A., 3,976,322 people. That's how many people are in LA. And there's hardly even any shadow hunters. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I feel like that's a, 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 a clave issue. They need to allocate more people to the institute, perhaps. And the thing is, it's a little, it's kind of explained in the books why there's not a lot of shadow hunters at the institute. If you've read the books, like you would know the reason. Um, mm-hmm. so I just think it's really silly that she, like, chose to point that out. Yeah. Number two. Uninteresting gay romances. This just seems homophobic, because I thought, uh, <laughs> the gay romance... I didn't know if we wanted to say it. I was like, okay. Because the gay romance was literally, like, I freaking love it. Like, I don't want to say, like, the name of the couple, because, like, Olivia hasn't read the book, so I'm just, like, trying to, like, hold my cool. Yeah. Um, but... They are freaking fantastic, and they're like one of my favorites. So this I'm just is, not gonna get into it. 
this person's giving me the same energy as uninteresting gay romance. But Clary and Jace. But Clary and Jace. Okay, I'm skipping some of these really long rants. She goes on because otherwise, like, this is literally longer than my final paper was last semester. So I'm skipping some of the rants. Um, so we're just going to jump down to... Um, not to mention, even when Emma is supposed to be a well-trained warrior, she still decides to carry a sword with her around, which makes no sense to me. I don't know why that doesn't make sense to you. I mean, it's... It's, am I stupid? Like, why does that not make sense to her? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I understood that, you know, at risk of not trying to make this person feel bad. But, like, yeah, I, I think it made sense. <laughs> She's a trained warrior, so why does she carry a sword? I don't know, for battles? What the? Oh my god. That's like being like, <laughs> he's a cop. Or oh, she's a cop. Feminism. So, she's a cop. Why does she carry a gun? And a badge. And a badge. Why does she wear her badge even on her lunch break when she's fully in uniform? I know. Um, This one hurts me a little bit because I am the biggest Julian stand that there is. But anyway. Um, As to Julian. Oh boy. He is even more boring than Emma. To be fair, this guy has a bit more common sense, but as far as character traits goes, he likes to paint and draw. Still isn't enough to hook me with this character. I mean, am I really supposed to be invested with a character only because he's hot and into art and a sensitive soul? Yes, that's the whole point. You literally missed the whole point of YA. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you just flew over the YA genre. (sighs) To make matters worse. Claire wrote about Julian and his lengthy backstory, fully expecting me to care about him as a person and his endless struggle to raise four younger siblings since 12 years old or so. Okay, I know child caring at a young age is probably difficult, but I still feel nothing when I read about this hardship. (laughs) (laughs) Check me out. (laughs) I love how she genuinely, this person genuinely believes, like, this is the writer's issue here, that, like, she doesn't feel any sympathy towards like, it's like the shittiest life ever. I'm like, honey, I think this is a you problem because, like, I mean, what more trash? Like, I just still can't feel bad for these characters. I'm like, what would make you feel bad? Like, got to know. Like, what would make you say, you know what, I do feel sad for you. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Uh, that's, that's, that's a... You hate to see it. Okay. Yeah. We've got six of crows here. Now, I'm, I'm trying to keep this episode lighthearted, and I just took a quick squeeze through the reviews, and most of them are clearly just racist and homophobic. So this is, like, the first, like, one that didn't... The reviewer doesn't seem to not hate it just because there's, like, this isn't... This doesn't have the same level of diversity as a Sarah J Mass book, basically. So, hmm. Okay. When I think of the word disappointment, Six of Crows comes to mind. Had too much fun using emojis, almost as obnoxious as Kaz's character. And this review is full of opinions by me. Please don't read this review if you get offended easily and love this book. Well, too late for that. Let's continue scrolling. (laughs) First, the characters. Jessica's only personality trait is liking guns. Uh, What about it? Come at me. Wait. Old, crusty, musty Kaz is boring and extremely overhyped. Honestly, here it comes. I cared about Alina more than I cared about Kaz. 
I would sell oh. Kaz's soul for $10 or less. <laughs> then, no, no, no. This is the best part. This is the best part. Matthias over Kaz. Because Matthias <laughs> actually went through character development. And I mean, Matthias did go through character development, but so did Kaz, so, like... Yeah, Matthias over Kaz, I've never heard that statement yeah. before, but it's an interesting one. And even though he was brainwashed as a child, his love for Nina overcame that. That's a good theme, even though it's as cliche as all the other characters in this book. I liked Nina. She was brave and kind and better than the other characters. Okay, we... Okay, that's good. When was why? <laughs> okay, she spelled... When was Wineland's personality... What was Wineland's personality supposed to be? W-H-I-N-E-L-A-N. Apostrophe S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we have... Inej is an average main character. <gasps> that one hurt. Okay, I know that they did not just see my just girl Inej. Okay, here's the thing. You can come for the crows... Like, Kaz can take... They can all take care of themselves. I'm pretty confident in that. Like, much better than I could probably take care of them. But Inej is just too pure for the world. Like, we did not deserve her character. And so if you come for her character, how dare you... That hurts. How dare you say she's an average main character? I I let the Matthias over Kaz thing slide, but this has gone too far. I... She's just... I... Okay. No words. We can't, we can't even just say it. Okay. Besides she was the wraith, the only law that applied to her was gravity, and someday she defied that too. And then she was like, gravity doesn't apply to her. Logic. And I was like, okay. Um, okay. We'll just quickly read the, the rest because it's like two paragraphs. So second, the plot. You were telling me a group of broke teenagers spent five pages planning a heist and then managed to pull it off from a building that no adults could break into. Love the realism there. I don't read fantasy for realism, obviously, but I want it to make some kind of sense. This makes no sense. Third, the world building. I think Kedadam was written well, but it depends a lot on the world building that the Grishaverse series established. I liked the Grishaverse series more. Wait, oh. honey, you're not even using the correct terminology. It's the Grisha trilogy, is it not? The Grishaverse <laughs> is the entire thing. Like, get it right. I'm confused. Okay, I liked the Grishaverse series more, even though it wasn't good. Because at least I wasn't bored to death most of the time. I f- I, I'm convinced that people who don't like Six of Crows just are not smart enough to understand the writing. Oh, said what I said. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, some days I look back on Six of Crows and I'm like, I wasn't smart enough to understand no, the writing. No, like, no, no, no. When I look back cows. at that heist, yeah, when I look oh. back at that heist, all I remember was people like, how did, how did the crows escape? I was like, um, big tree explosion, almost drowning. And oh, drugs were I'm taken. Not, I'm not going to say that I understood everything. No, no, no. But I'm not about to sit here and come up with a bunch of reasons why the book was shit when really it was just me who was stupid, you know? <laughs> like, like, it's on you. Like, you know, like, it's definitely a tougher read, which is why I would really not recommend it that much if you're like, it's like your first fantasy book you've ever read. Because it can be a little tricky to get into. But, like, I... You can't sit there and pretend that all these things are the real issue of the book when the issue is just you. Anyway, yeah. I said what I said. I think it's one thing to say that the plot didn't make sense, but I think it's more just you couldn't make sense of the plot. Think about that, you know? Yeah. Because it was just too advanced. 
It's okay. It's okay, too. <sighs> okay. Now, we're going to talk about The One by Kira Cass. This is the last book in the selection series, and I picked the last oh, one. Oh, went straight for the third one. I went straight for the third one because, personally, I think it's the best one, and I feel like the most stuff happens in it, and so I feel like there's more opportunity for review, you know? Okay. And yeah. I was going through some of the reviews, and some people were just like, I don't know, they were like pretty short, and just people saying they didn't like it, but I, f- I found one that um, seems good. So, we're gonna, we're gonna read it. First off, we're starting with the cast system is shit. It's just a fucking mess of numbers. Which, I'm sorry to say, if you don't understand the cast system, it's literally a dystopian world designed for 12-year-olds to read, so... I mean, I, I picked it up at 12 and understood it just fine, so, like, I don't really know what to tell you. Um, it's, it's not a complex world. Anyway. And then... <laughs> and it's like they literally jumped straight to the point that she was, like, trying to make. It's like, and basically, if you're a certain cast, you can't do the jobs and make as much money as the other casts. Seriously, what the heck is this? Shit world building. I'm like, no, that's the whole point. Is that they have a shit society. That's that's literally the key to a dystopian novel. But okay. You, you, you got it. <laughs> okay. The love triangle. Um, yeah, I didn't like that either. Aspen was annoying. Um, so I agree. America is the stupidest protagonist ever. Yeah, I also agree with that. Can't argue there. Um, funny, yeah, but this review was actually written by Lily. <laughs> <laughs> I am the the one's biggest hater. <laughs> oh, then this person is complaining with the logistics of this being like The Bachelor. They said, This is ridiculous. Where the fuck are all the cameras? They should be following the girls everywhere. Or even Maxon. This was a very badly done reality show. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no one's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Honey, just, just admit you want to be a producer on The Bachelor and continue, like, on with your life. Honestly, The Bachelor should hire you because I'd love to see what you could do with this thing, this potential that clearly the selection missed out on. Yeah. Okay. And the way it ended. Shaking my head. Kira Cass delivered weak attempts to patch things up. Killing King Clarkson to give Maxon a front row ticket to the crown? No. Just no. It's almost as if at the end of books, they usually kill the villain. Um, that is not how you end it. That is not how you solve a conflict. I don't hate this book because of how girly it is and the fact that I am a guy. It is just very bad. End review. Oh, he's a guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently. You know, personally, I would really love to see his, like, version of The Bachelor that he pulls off. <laughs> yeah, that has a new, okay, call me crazy, but those comments now have a new perspective for me because I'm like, okay, you're upset that there weren't more angles of the girls being and, shown. Mm, yeah. And you're a guy. Mm-hmm. Unless you're gay, that sounds kind of sketch. So. Oh, I mean, yeah. Anyways, I mean, I guess you had some. No, you didn't have any point. I guess you did have some points there, reviewer. 
There was a few. The America being annoying, we all we all agree. And the love triangle. Yeah. Okay. Now, speaking of gay guys, (laughs) let's do uh, red, white, and royal blue reviews. So, this person I see a lot. Like, I don't want to name and shame these people, but this reviewer, like, she always goes off. And I swear I've seen her in every single popular, like, book, like, review one-star comment section. So, I don't know if she's, like, (laughs) being satirical and she just reads all these books just to rate them one-star. But I don't know because she seems pretty set. So, like... DNF at 30%. What does DNF mean? Didn't finish. Oh, did not finish. Okay, got it. DNF at 30%. Okay, I love how she was like, I only read 30% of this book, and then I'm going to write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven paragraphs about everything wrong with it. Sure. Yeah, because you were in a position to factually, you know, use all the, all the points. Okay. Hey. Did you know that this book is actually a love triangle? It's not just a love story between Alex and Henry. It's a love story between Alex and Henry and everyone on Tumblr. (laughs) I have not read a book that wallows in its own sense of self-importance since, well, ever. This book won a Goodreads Choice Award. I'd assumed it would be because of that. But then again, Sarah J Maas books also win Goodreads Choice Awards. And we know how I feel about those. It's the italics. Okay, Red, White and Royal Blue. Where, oh, this, okay. Red, white, and royal blue. Where's the Oxford comma after white? I hate this book already. (laughs) It's a romance between the son of the president of the United States and the son of the royal family. If you would think that means serious political issues are going to be discussed, huh, think again. Instead, it's falling into $75,000 wedding cakes and trading pop culture references about Harry Potter and Star Wars. I'm sorry, you literally just said it. They're the kids. What do you expect them to be? Like, <laughs> they're not going to be like, oh, yes, let us discuss. They're kids. Like, <laughs> of course they're going to trade. You really think Sasha Obama, when she, like, hung out with, like, the other political leaders' children, was like, hey, so let's talk about, like, the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Like, no. They're probably like, so if you catch the new, like, Star Wars film, like, it's, oh, anyway. Red, White and Royal Blue is a book that wants to let you know it's really, really hip. All of these references are going to mean nothing in 10 years, but right now everyone is just nodding their heads and saying, yes, they're so topical, when really it's about as topical as a hemorrhoid cream. (laughs) (laughs) It reads like fanfic. I wouldn't be surprised if this started out as a fanfic, but even if it didn't, it has that vibe, that vaguely fetishistic vibe that some books about gay men have that really bothers me. Because it feels like they rely on stereotypes and headcanons and less about creating actual realistic characters who are having an actual realistic romance. Okay, I'm sorry. Coming from a non-gay woman, um, mm-hmm. I felt like that Henry and Alex's romance was very not stereotypical. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah. then again, like Henry and Alex were actually two very three-dimensional characters oh for sure they were they had they each had amazing character stories outside of their romance and then even their romance itself had its own amazing character stories yeah and i never i don't think there was ever like a single gay like stereotype with any of the characters you know like 
there yeah. was never anything brought up that they talked like a gay person or like whatever the hell that means, you know? Like, yeah, when people say that, yeah. 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 I know. I don't understand yeah. this reviewer. Since yeah. Just okay. being homophobic. Oh, I want to see what she says. Okay, the female characters in this book, as others have pointed out, are all interchangeable. They are all basically stand-ins for the female audience, fawning over these two male characters, shipping them so hard, and basically acting as the soulless Karen Pod people they are. Hmm. We are part. We are part of a group called the Karen Pod, Lily. Apparently, because we ship. Yeah. Wow. I mean. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I, okay, so a few things there. Um, one, you read 30% of the book. Uh, okay, fair enough. If you don't like a book, don't read it. You can, you don't have to finish it. But mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting that you are writing a review. I can think it's if you, you know everything about these characters when you, if, what is 30% of Red, White and Royal Blue? That's not even, what they That's even hardly anything. 30%? <laughs> it's not a long, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, the thing about how, like, these references are going to be nothing in 10 years, I think that's the whole bloody point because it's like, yeah, what was she, like, it's a contemporary, like, it's supposed to be a thing that you can look back in 10 years and get an idea of what the atmosphere of that current climate and time was like. Yeah, and it's like, it's almost as if that's the whole point. Exactly, and if you're gonna come from accuracy, then it the book never stood a chance because it's set in 2020. She didn't write it in 2020, but 2020 turned into like such a like shit year. Like, no one could have seen that coming. It. Exactly. So yeah, and even then, it still wouldn't have been realistic because 2020, is, the 2020 election in this book, is way like way different than the 2020 election that we would have had anyways because there's yeah. no Donald Trump figure in that book so you know um, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean I try to <laughs> I mean okay whatever whatever <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I really hope the authors don't read these reviews and then they're like oh my god they've got a point like absolutely not yeah I hope I hope they don't like it yeah yeah, yes. gross. <sighs> Any red, white, and royal blue slander just gets me every time. Like, I literally made a whole TikTok about it one time because I was like, you guys are so annoying. Everyone who's red, white, and royal blue, don't speak to me. <laughs> and it, anyone who's red, red, white, and royal blue don't speak to me? No, anyone who hates on red, white, and royal blue. Oh, yes. Yes, I agree with that. For sure. I'm so glad. Mm. Okay. The next one that I'm going to do, I actually wasn't going to do this one, and then, so, I'm going to talk about Chain of Iron, and I wasn't going to do Chain of Iron, but then I saw that out of 23,675 ratings, only 103 of those ratings were one star. And so I'm like, Ooh. it literally makes up such a little amount that it says it's like 0% of reviewers rated at one star. So I'm like, okay. Oh, so I need to see what, like, people did say about it, you know? And it was a little tricky because I was scrolling through the reviews and I couldn't find much because most of the reviews just said, like, this is trash or, like, I didn't like it. And that's, like, all they said, right? And yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's just annoying, you know? <laughs> but I did find one review that actually, like, had some... We had some depth to it. So, here we go. 
So her issue was, is the main love triangle, Matthew, James, and Cordelia, doesn't make any sense. No chemistry, no tension, or personality between the characters. I'm sorry. I think a whole, like, forced marriage is quite a bit of tension, but, like, go off. Um, and then it says... As I said, romance is the most significant part of the book. It's not wrong in itself. My only problem is that the characters communicate, reciting long monologues about love. And if you imagine, this leads to a huge amount of misunderstandings. If James and Cordelia spoke honestly with each other about their feelings for a few minutes, this whole damn issue wouldn't even exist. I don't know. I feel like, obviously, like, I feel like we all get annoyed when it's like you're reading a book and you're like, oh my god, just communicate, you know? But I think what people fail to realize is, Two things. One, if they just communicate and be like, I'm in love with you, I'm in love with you too, there wouldn't be a book. And two, um, it, like, sometimes I think about it in, like, real life, I was like, oh, if that was me, I would, like, never do that, I would just, like, go out and just tell them, you know, but then I was thinking about it in my head, I'm like, would I actually, though, like, most people wouldn't actually just, like, go up to them and be like, "Mm, yeah, I'm in love with you. And then just, like, stare at them, like, it's like, (laughs) like, oh my god. I wish these characters, if they like someone, they should just ask them out. Okay, miss, I can't even talk to a male without getting, like, nervous. (laughs) I know, and I feel like we're all just, like, so quick to judge how, like, this is written as if it's not, like, realistic. And we all wouldn't be, like, and then I see people, I saw, I actually saw TikTok about it today, like, complaining that they're, like, I just hate when the characters confess their feelings for each other too quickly. And I'm, like, okay, well, what do you guys want? (laughs) Yeah, like, pick a side. (laughs) Like, yeah, and then, um... That's, like, basically, she basically just keeps saying the same thing for, like, six paragraphs. It was just with, like, different characters. Like, these characters didn't communicate, and these characters didn't communicate, and these characters didn't And I'm like, okay, we get it. They didn't communicate. Which, like, I agree. Miscommunication was the biggest problem about that book, but she had to set something up for the third one. Like, I'm sorry. Anyway, so that's the review for Chain of Iron. And then other than that, there's just ones being, like, I did not wait a whole year for this. Bye. See you in 2023 for the Wicked Powers. <laughs> and stuff like that, which which I'm just like, okay, you know, respect. The Wicked Powers is going to slap. But, um, I mean, we don't need to trash on um, Chain of Iron, you know. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, there's the review. Okay. Bit redundant. <laughs> okay. Moving on to Crown of Midnight. Now, this is... <laughs> This is an interesting one for me because, as Lily is well aware, I had so much trouble reading Crown of Midnight. Yes, I did not like that book. Did. I love Throne of Glass, don't get me wrong, but I did not like Crown of Midnight. Like, I was, I almost quit the series, like, several times because of how boring that book was. Yes, this is true. Yeah. It was just so much. And honestly, I still stand by my opinions now. Like, there was so much, like... If your book is more foreshadowing than, like, a current plot, that's not good. Like, that's not right. (laughs) Like, especially because I can't imagine, like, it's a different, like, it was a different thing for me because I had the whole series there. And I had friends who had already read the entire series and knew what the foreshadowing in Crown of Midnight meant. But I cannot imagine reading this series as it comes out. And then, like, uh, yeah, that you're suck. reading Crown of Midnight, and you just have absolutely no idea what you just read, or, like, why it's important. Like, that's not... Anyway, but 
Uh, I was hoping to come to the one star reviews and see, you know, be able to relate, but apparently not because <laughs> this is good reason. So, here we go. <laughs> yes. Okay. If you like stupid Mary Sue's, and I'm not going to say that word, something love triangles, boy, do I have a book for you. Highlights include elite number one top assassin ever who somehow is worthless at basically everything. Okay. <laughs> She is also the chosen one of some dead queen who apparently has no functioning brain from being dead. She boinks the son of a complete asshole that ruined her life because he's hot. I mean, honestly, queen shit right there. She boinks the captain guard of the same complete asshole that ruined her life because he is also hot. I stand by my statement. Queen shit right there. She's not just the super hottie number one scary badass assassin. She is also the magical lost princess of a kingdom and the center of a revolution. Oh, I should probably mention now. We'll put this in earlier, probably. Uh, spoiler warning for Crown of Midnight. <laughs> well, I was just kind of going off the assumption that, like, when we said, okay, Crown of Midnight reviews, it's like, that is your chance. We told you at the beginning that there was <laughs> Yes. Oh, I love how this person's bashing Flamer's character, but she's also low-key, like, in love with her. Like, yeah. she's amazingly beautiful with pale skin, blonde hair, and blue eyes. The author is also all of those things and looks a lot like the art of the first book. Lady, you might be a certifiable babe, but self-insert stories are totally unfun to read. Whoa, I love how she basically... <laughs> Imagine Sarah J. Mass reading this, being like, um, thank you. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um... Oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. Oh, if the first... I just, like... I don't know what to think about this. Um, all the Crown of Midnight ones are fairly short. The Air of Fire reviews are always funny because people are like, Kale and Selena, Kale and Selena. It's like, okay. Give it up. <laughs> we get it. We get it. You liked Kale and Selena. Move on. Mm-hmm. Oh. <sighs> but, Yeah. I feel like Crown of Midnight's one of those books out of an eight-book series. If you didn't like it, it's not really that big of a deal because just quit the series while you're ahead, you know? So I think it's a weird thing if you're in the second book out of an eight-book series and you're going to quit it, you take the time out of your day to be like, by the way, I did not like this book. (laughs) I don't know why. I feel that with every book, but just something about that energy just doesn't sit right with me either. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So... I went to the From Blood and Ash uh, one-star reviews, and I was not disappointed with what I saw over here. And I, I really liked the first From Blood and Ash book. And, you know, just to preface this, there'll be no spoilers in this one, because Olivia hasn't read it either. So you can stay if you haven't read it. I'm going to cut out all the spoilery things she says. Okay. Let's just, this review, honestly, like, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but, like, I'm laughing. Okay. okay. I present to you. A tale of questionable consent, bad boys with amber eyes, and foreshadowing so terrible, I predicted every plot twist. Honestly, if you predicted every plot twist in the For Blood Now series, good for you, because I'm just stupid, I guess. Um, because I didn't see any of them. Otherwise known... Maybe the Six of Crows plot wouldn't be too advanced for this person. (laughs) Otherwise known as From Mud and Trash. Oh, what a fun play on words. This book is so bad that I made a whole photo album for the screenshots of Excuse Me Moments. There is 122 photos in total. Seems like you're putting a lot of time and effort into this. Okay. Um, This is really funny because we've just been shitting on Sarah J. Moss for like a hot minute. 
and this says, I've seen a lot of people compare this book to Sarah J. Moss's works. I would like to argue that it doesn't even deserve to be compared to Sarah J. Moss. Unlike Sarah J. Moss books, From Blood and Ash has no discussions about mental health and trauma representation. Oh. Uh-huh. She really said that Sarah J. Mass is the standard for yep. trauma representation. No. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. Can Poppy get any more stupid? She's the most idiotic main character I have ever had the pleasure of reading about. Okay, that's just such a contradiction. <laughs> I'm saying it's based on her opinion, but okay. She's not supposed to speak to other people, and she's supposed to be sheltered. But she speaks in slang when she does talk. This makes no sense. <laughs> does she not realize that she is allowed to talk to certain people? Oh my, okay. Anyway. Um, um, let me see. She keeps saying she doesn't want to be the maiden, but it seems like a pretty good deal in my opinion. I don't understand what her issue is. <laughs> Oh, and then, need I mention, her full name is Penelope Belf- Belfour. I never know if I'm saying her last name right. Anyway, who names this child? This is abuse. <laughs> anyway, that's all I'm gonna, that's all I'm gonna read because then it starts getting into spoilers. And I'm like, I know you haven't read it, Olivia, so. Um, Not the naming of a child. <laughs> abuse. Oh, God. Um... Yeah, I just, oh, this person says, I ship Poppy better with a therapy rock. That would be a great match. Okay. I don't know what a therapy rock is. I don't know what a therapy rock is. <laughs> is the talking stick? Or... I don't know, but that's about it. Anyway. Whoever is holding this rock <laughs> is having therapy. Like, I don't understand that. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Um. Should I move? Should we move on? Yes, we just we're just done. leave it there? We're okay. done. The Wicked King by Holly Black. Mm. <laughs> okay, this one's going to be interesting because I do have to admit the folk of the Air Trilogy is weird. Like, it is a bit oh, out there. And for sure. We've said, yeah, we've said privately, and I think on this podcast as well, that the folk of the air trilogy, I don't know if it's something that you would recommend or I would recommend um, to a first-time fantasy reader just because I almost feel like they'd be, like, weirded out by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, this is what fantasy books are. However, I enjoyed it. And the second book, I feel like it's it's a toss-up a lot of the time. Some people either like the third book or the second book better, but it's just out of the question whether the the first book is people's favorite mm-hmm. uh but anyway uh i personally like the second book the best just because the enemies to lovers tension in that book was the best mm-hmm. um, for sure in my opinion yeah and so here we go okay so first it starts out with edit apparently i need to spell this out for some cuties on this platform i don't like jude because she's a dumbass not because she's a woman okay mm-hmm. here we go Carden, you magnificent bastard. I applaud him for doing what he did. Mm-hmm. Jude had it coming. She's such an idiot. <laughs> oh, no. She probably didn't like the queen. She probably didn't like Carden's letters. Probably the not. The same thing that happened. 
Oh gosh, the, the same thing that happened with the first book happened again with this one. I finished the book thinking that I love it. I wait a couple of days and the book is actually terrible. <laughs> wait, 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 what? So you finished it and you're like, I love it. But then you're like, no, now it is one stars. Oh God. I hate Jude so much. Not in the sense that she is unlikable because usually I'm into that. What? <laughs> usually I like unlikable characters. Okay. But she is mm, so yeah. stupid. There is literally no reason for her to, one, stay in fairy when everybody hates her, and two, to try and be powerful. It's almost like she's 16 years old and, like, doesn't have a place to go if she goes to the human world. But okay. Because she isn't even good at it. She tries to juggle all these secrets and is surprised when she fails slash someone betrays her. Of course they betray you. You didn't give them a reason to trust you. She is mad that no one likes humans and fairy then proceeds to do all the things that fairies hate about humans and is then offended when no one cares about her slash listens to her. Why is she trying to get back at them? It's her fault that they hate her. Um, that's debatable. I don't... <laughs> I think it's, like, said so many times that the minute, like, Jude's entire childhood, it is not... She did not do things to make the fairy hate her when she was, like, six years old and never met a single fairy in her life. But okay. She thinks that she is so smart with all her lying and plotting. Surprise, you're not. Not at all. There is a reason that she has to lie to be able to survive in the fairy courts because she doesn't have any other talents slash things going for her. I'm supposed to root for her, but every time she Fs up, I'm thinking, of course she did. Her plan was shit. Um, oh, gosh. It, what? Okay. What pisses me off a lot, too is how Holly Black handled the underwater kingdom. I mean, hello, mermaids, underwater magic, beautiful and creative new settings. And what does she do with it? Jude, through whose eyes we see fairy, is pretty much unconscious the entire time. Yay. Any setting would have been enough for the purpose of imprisoning Jude. Literally anything. Holly Black wouldn't have needed to do the work with coming up with the underwater kingdom since she hasn't even used it to her full potential. Okay, I feel like... And that just is, yeah, Holly Black didn't have to do that, but she did because she went that extra mile because that's, like, a really talented author right there who, like, is committed to her series. Like, okay. Um, I mean, I personally really enjoyed The Wicked King. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, but, I mean, to each their own, I guess. Um... <laughs> she says, I officially DNF the series. The ending of The Wicked King is what Jude deserves for all her BS. Oh, and that's really thinking, awkward for her. You know what? Maybe it was a good thing that she DNF'd. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. she would not have liked the Queen of Nothing. <sighs> she would not. No. I was hoping that these reviews would have, like, a reasoning or flavour, you know? But all of them are just, like, there's absolutely no evidence for their opinions. And not that you need evidence to back up your opinions. But they're just like, like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's stupid. It's like, why? Like, come on. I don't know. I feel like if I ever write... I have written bad reviews before. Like, I feel like I have at least had reasoning to it. Just being like... For sure. I don't, yeah, because, I yumba, I I don't even know what to say to that. Okay, I've got two more books after this, and then I think that's all I can do for today. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to do Sage and Storm, because Sage and Storm was just 
I did not like Sage and Storm. <laughs> but this person's review, this person's one-star review of Sage and Storm, I found a way to disagree with it. So that's going to be fun. There's parts of it I agree with. Okay, so first of all, she says, Mal, ew, what an annoying little motherfucker. You should probably know by now that I hate this guy more than anything else in the world. Why is he even a part of this series? He pisses me off to the point of tears. Like, can you please just die? It's not that hard. Thank you so much. Um, anyway, so it doesn't like Mal. And then she's complaining about the plot, which, fair enough. LMAO, I'm sorry, you say plot? What fucking plot? That's true. It's, there's no plot to Sage and Storm. At all. Literally all they did was run and escape from the Darkling whenever he caught up with them, and it was just so fucking irritating. Like, please stop, I'm losing more brain cells. Oh, this, <laughs> I was so fucking bored reading this bullshit that it was to the point where I just wanted to rip out the pages of my book and eat them. <laughs> I don't... I don't think that's a win-win for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, your digestive system and the author probably does not appreciate it. Like, maybe just sell the book instead, you know? And then this is the part where I said, okay, honey, mm-hmm. your opinions, everything you've said up to this point is now invalid because of this. The biggest reason I hated this book was the huge lack of the Darkling. The Darkling was barely mentioned, and I literally just continued to reading this series for him. My daddy was barely in this fucking book. Please leave me and let me I wish I was kidding. I wish I was kidding. I hate, I can't, I hate the whole, like, sexual term use of daddy, because it's just so, like, pedophilic in so many ways. And it's the way the Darkling so would be way more than old enough to actually be her father makes it weirder. Mm, yeah, and then she finishes yeah. the review by saying also so after saying daddy darkling uh her next sentence is also i don't understand the nikolai hype like he's cool but i don't really care about him <laughs> okay your opinion's instantly invalid today you're like nikolai is a bad character but okay, daddy your, your darkling but daddy darkling but daddy darkling yeah oh god no 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 <laughs> That's traumatic. I feel so bad for this person. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. I think how I'm... I'm going to do a Court of Civil Flames because even though I don't... The Akatar series is far from perfect. Um, Some people on this podcast will know, like, I did actually like the character Nestor a lot. And I... Nestor and Cassie were my two favorite... They are my two favorite characters from the main characters of the Akatar trilogy. And so when I heard that they were going to be the leads of the next book, I read it and I liked Nesta. And um, so this is just going to be interesting. But in terms of the plot, I will agree. If people are like, the plot wasn't good, I'm going to sit here and agree with it. So this should be interesting. Okay. Okay. Hardcore Nesta and Cassian fans need not engage. Shoo. Okay. We will keep going. <laughs> no. But <laughs> but you will be afraid of me when I... Okay. Then there's a quote. She drew up short. I'm not afraid of anything. But you will be... <laughs> this is the reviewer. But you will be afraid of me when I rant about you, bitch. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Let me first answer a few questions to make you better understand whether you should read A Court of Silver Flames or not. Will you like this book? This book is too character-driven. If you like Nesta, if you can tolerate her, bitchy behaviour, and even applaud it, and if you can tolerate Cassian talking about his... 
AHM parts every two pages. And if you can bear through the cringy sex talk, then this book is definitely for you. Mm-hmm. What about side characters? We see them time time and again, but this book solely focuses on Nestor and Cassian. It's almost like it's their book. It's almost anyway. as if that is the whole point. Oh, point. The side characters are just there. Wow, it's almost as if the name implies that they side are on the side. <laughs> yeah. They don't play any special part, although we are introduced to some new characters, but meh, will you like the plot? The plot, for me, is nearly non-existent. We are hyped up for it, and then when the whole thing plays it, it feels so dumb. If you like two character-driven plots, then this book is for you. Okay, I will agree, the plot was a little bit... Oh, um, the plot was the not place. that good, but... The plot was not that good. I do think it's, it did set up for something, though, but we'll see, you know. Yeah, I'm trying not to judge the plot too hard until I actually know the full scope of it. Yes. Will you like... Oh, does Nesta redeem herself? If you call apologising to everyone in the last 100 pages and can forgive... For what and can forgive her for what she did then yes but for me no she didn't redeem herself okay i love how she doesn't say what nesta did because i don't even know what nesta did and yeah apologizing to everyone in the last 100 pages i didn't like you know there were some apologies that nesta did that honestly she shouldn't have done in my opinion like i wouldn't have apologized to amarin i would have been yeah. like you are so mean i would be like you don't deserve my friendship anyway Will you like the romance? This is my favourite part. Faceand is something superior, so don't expect that level of chemistry. I think it's less romance and more fun, sexy times. Probably why I didn't like it. Oh my gosh. Deep breaths. Okay. Now on to the point, which is the book. Oh, this book. Oh, this damn freaking pathetic book. This has been one of the worst experiences of my life. I think she's meant to say life, but she forgot the F. I'm freaking salty and I need a refund of my expectations. Let me make something clear. This book actually made me realise that I love the original trilogy a lot. Like, a lot. And along with this, it made me realise that Feyre is a pretty cool character. Better than both of her sisters, actually. Wait, so you read... You read Nesta's book and was like... You know who's superior? Feyre. Feyre. Feyre, who spends half of her time just wanting to paint. Okay, Okay, now, what are the actual good things in this book, you may ask? And then she has crossed out anything that is not Cassian and Nesta. Okay, don't know. So, this is where it gets exciting. What are the actual good things in this book, you may ask? In dot points. Reese and Amarin and Moore and Lucian. Oh. <laughs> Azriel, my small baby. Okay, at least she likes Azriel. Uh-huh. Oh, and then a huge Akasif spoiler warning. Go like 30 seconds in. Um, my little babies have their own baby now. I'm so proud. And SJM did that. Blah, 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 blah. Please, dear author, stop threatening their lives. Let them live happily. Oh, my God. Did I mention they had a baby? And he said, Feyre, darling. And she told him no goodbyes, Reese. Ugly crying. Okay, so clearly we have a face and shipper here who just really didn't like Nesta. For whatever reason. Yeah, there's literally a whole paragraph where it's just Nest talking about how Nesta's like a real bitch. Um and saying, Yeah, a lot of selfish bitch in there. And then 
Someone told me I was being disrespectful towards people who suffer from PTSD. Well, it certainly wasn't what I was saying. But if in any way my words have hurt you, I'm extremely sorry. But Nessa's PTSD doesn't justify her behavior. Oh, God. (laughs) You literally proved the point, sweetie. No. Let me take an example from this book. Isn't Tam Tam suffering from PTSD? But the way she treated him, was that perfectly fine? It's the blatant example of how Nessa's character slander is literally internalized misogyny for me. The point is that this isn't only about her PTSD. She wasn't suffering from such a thing before going into the cold room. If you read Akita from the beginning, you'll see what kind of character Nesta was. If she treats other people suffering from depression like favourite Reese, Tam Tam, or the way she talks to Lucian, then how can anyone expect that I give her space when she doesn't give that to others? Okay. I feel like a lot of people just skim past the fact that in Akita, Nesta was, like, going through shit. Because... But we just didn't know it because she wasn't the main character. And Feyre is actually really bloody selfish and she doesn't ever ask about anyone but herself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that person and, just seems like yeah. a face and stan and that's just scary. Um, I mean, yeah, face and stan scare me. But, yeah. Okay, so I have one more book and then I think we're going to be out of time because, mm. you know, we... Okay. But this one is funny. Because I said, oh, let me read the one-star reviews for City of Ashes. Because I hated City of Ashes, you know? It was not good. And I thought I was going to find some things that I agreed on. And there were some things I agreed on. But there was also things I was like, okay, you just, you you read wrong, you know? Alright, so. Basically. If you weren't a library book, I would burn you. A little dramatic, but I think you get my point. Now for the character breakdown. I'm just going to skip because she writes, like, eight paragraphs like, every character. We're going to read Jace's character breakdown because, you know, this is actually funny. What is wrong with this kid? (laughs) His daddy issues are so overblown. They have their own daddy issues. (laughs) He finds, he wants, and makes me want to punch him in his smart-ass face. At least, um, oh, wait. He makes so many hard-headed, stupid decisions that get other people into trouble. I would lock him up just to keep others safe. He's rather bad for the other character's health. (laughs) Cassandra Clare goes out of her way to make him seem like the perfect warrior. She even goes as far to have Clary mention that fighting is just like sex for Jace. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, God. God. (laughs) I don't remember that, but I think I blocked it out. Yeah. For good reason. And then, you know, so then she starts talking about... And then I kind of just skipped. I really didn't give a shit, you know? Um, and then until it was the part about Isabel, Alec, and Magnus. And I was like, well, I got to see this. They were the only good characters. Mm-hmm. Isabel. Shallow dominatrix in hooker heels. That's how she comes across mm-hmm. in this book. Thanks to your author. Alec. Cinder blocks of more personality. He's just kind of there. Even when the writing is from his point of view, I don't get a distinct sense of anything. Even his relationship with Magnus is just meh. Ooh. And then Magnus. Someone get the, someone get the wedding scene <laughs> up real quick. We need to educate this person. <laughs> Magnus. A character as usual. The only one who made me laugh. His relationship with Alec. Girl, you can do better. Honestly, I would have shipped Magnus more with Jace or Simon. No. Yeah. Imagine if it was like Maimon. <laughs> Mace. Stop. Jagnus. 
Imagine, imagine reading the infernal devices and seeing Magnus in that, and then he comes to the mortal instruments and he's dating Jace. Mm. <laughs> Hashtag Jagnus. Zagnus. I can't. I mean, these reviews, I thought I was going to agree with more of them than I did. I feel like the people who, even if they were bad books, I feel like their points were just so, they were picking out all the wrong things. Like, like, I get that it's opinions and opinions are subjective, but I'm just like, honey, no, stop, (laughs) please. It's just, ugh. I'm really, honestly, I'm a little bit disappointed. I was ready for a good laugh, but these were just, like, stupid. annoying. I was like, yeah, these are just, I want to say stupid, because I feel like these reviews have ruined the adjective stupid for me, because that's all anyone used to justify their reasoning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were bloody stupid. Like, oh my god. <sighs> um, I mean, we might have to do a part two with more books, because, you know. Oh, let me simmer my rage first. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll need a couple, I'll need a couple weeks. Okay. I'll take on, like, some meditation or something, (laughs) you know, to to calm the rage. Yes. All right. Well, whatever you need to do, Olivia. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. But, yeah, I think that that is everything. I mean... I don't think I have anything else to, to say. Do you? I mean, Black Lives Matter, yeah. Like, what, what are we supposed I to mean, say? I was just wondering if you had anything you wanted to say before we say goodbye to the listeners, Olivia. Oh, okay. Well, we never usually do, like, party, but I guess, like, follow us. Like, this is the part where we just turn into huge, like, self-absorbed yeah. narcissists. Subscribe like, to the podcast. The way that you said it, I was like, well, now it's really annoying if I was just like, um, follow me, like, <laughs> when there's clearly more important issues that we could be talking about. No. No. We're doing the outro now, Olivia. We're not. We're not. Not another, oh, not okay. another taking okay. down oh, of the patriarchy. Not, not another taking down of the patriarchy like last week. That was last week's episode already. Oh, well. Hey, who... Taking down the patriarchy should not just be a special episode. No, we a conversation for another day. Yeah, it's a conversation for another day. Mm, But outro, okay. (laughs) If you like this episode, make sure you follow us at Two Girls Who Read Podcast on TikTok, where you can get exclusive content and behind the scenes content. I said content twice there, but whatever. Already forgetting our old intro. Yeah. Um. Yeah, also, we have a Twitter that we never post on at Two Girls Who Read, but uh, if you tweeted us, then who knows? We might, we'll probably see it. We'll definitely see it. But anyway, um, and then yeah, we have individual TikToks at the Book Readers and at It's Olivia Grace underscore. Wow, good job, Olivia. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, it's like we've been doing this for thirty episodes or something. Wow. <laughs> That was not a, that was not a sigh of like admiration. That was a sigh of like what is my life going to? How did I end up here? Oh, Good question. Okay. Okay. Oh, that was a rhetorical oh. question. Bitch. Yes. <laughs> but thank you so much for answering. Nice to see the enthusiasm is still high within the podcast. Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, we'll see you all next week. 
next next week bye okay.